Okay, up next is one of the great instructors in our game, particularly in the area of adaptive golf, Joe Groman. Before I get to Joe, I want to remind you about two under men's performance wear. They're the unofficial underwear of the PGA and the 2020 Ryder Cup team. Ricky Fowler is their global ambassador, and over 50 other PGA, Corn Ferry, and Champions Tour players wear them. Just to mention a few, like David Toms, Jerry Kelly, Justin Thomas, William McGirt, Scott McCarron, and Chris DeMarco. The Joey Pouch technology provides the ultimate male asset management, delivering maximum comfort from the tee box to the boardroom to the bedroom. Use code NEXT20 to save 20% off your order at 2under.com. That's the number 2, U-N-D-R.com. 2-under, performance in your pants. And you walk a lot of miles in life and on the course, so make sure you're walking in the right shoes. Scone changes the game with an affordable line of the most comfortable, versatile, slip-on golf shoes that can be worn anywhere. They're made with breathable microfiber fabric, spikeless treads, and an adjustable lace lock. And they're easy to clean, too. So spend less time changing shoes and more time living in them. Visit scony.com and use code NXT on T20. So next on T20 at checkout for 20% off. That's scony.com, S-K-O-N-I.com. They're also available at golf specialty retailers and green grass pro shops nationwide. Relax. Easy now. Find your happy place. It's all in the hips. Just tap it in. Yes! Find the latest clubs and apparel at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore. Now back and next on the tee with me is PGA professional Joe Groman. Joe played his college golf at Cypress College where he was the team MVP. He transferred to Cal State Fullerton and played there briefly before turning pro. He's been the head golf pro at great golf courses like Whittier Narrows, Chester, Washington, the Navy course at Seal Beach, where he met Earl and a 13-year-old named Tiger Woods. He's also been out at El Dorado Park Golf Course in Long Beach, California, now an instructor at the first tee and doing great things with his adaptive golf program, which we're going to get into in a minute. He was named the 2013 Southern California PGA Professional of the Year. In 2016, he was inducted into the Long Beach Golf Hall of Fame. He is an eight-time recipient of the PGA of America Patriot Award, and I'm very excited. He is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Joe, thanks for coming back on the show. How you doing? Thanks for having me back on the show. I really appreciate it. So, Joe, it was great getting to meet you in person earlier this year at the PGA Merchandise Show. You were there to talk about adaptive golf and assisting a company that makes some great equipment to help those that need it uh, be able to play the game of golf. So. Talk about the great things that uh, that you did there and uh, partnering with the company that's doing all of that. Yeah, yeah, it was great to meet you finally in person, too. That's, uh, that's a paragolfer machine that allows people who are paralyzed or have lower extremity injuries to stand up and play golf. It's really a revolutionary machine. It's, you know, that's why I jumped on board with these guys. I mean, some of the greatest moments we have at our clinic is when somebody stands up in that machine for the first time and, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, you know, it's, it's an unbelievable moment. I always try to capture it on video, you know, and let the world see the joyous moment. And, and, you know, I don't know if you saw the one with the girl from Australia, but man, it was a tear jerker. Her mom was there. It was unbelievable, but it's an, it's an incredible machine. And, uh, you know, I thought I'd go down there 
I know all the guys in the adaptive golf world too. So everyone around in the adaptive golf area, the golf show, you know, we all know each other. So it was just an awesome experience. And Joe, going all the way back to the beginning, you're born and raised on Air Force bases, and you've been the head golf professional at military golf courses. Talk about your commitment and devotion to our military personnel and our veterans. Yeah, you know, I did. I was born in I was born in McDill. I'm in Florida right now. I was born over at McDill in Tampa, and grew up 17 years as a military brat. My dad flew F4s and F3111s. You know, was on base, and then at 24. I got a job at the Navy golf course. I grew up playing that those golf courses, base golf courses. You know, I knew how to speak fluent military. You know, I'm on a first name basis with all the admirals and generals, sir. But I mean, being raised in that environment, you want to, you know, you know the people. They say that, you know, the the officer or the soldier, the sailor, the marine. It's the family that serves. It's not just them you know so everyone's involved in that whole thing so you know the military is very near and dear to me and uh again i got the job at the navy golf course i was there 22 or 29 years working on, you know on a military golf course i recently retired dod navy from there in 2018 so you know 39 of my years uh, in or on or around the military so you know it means a lot to me to help these guys not only that but the whole adaptive golf thing started when, you know, way back when we did that victims of stroke class in 94 at Hartwell. I think we discussed that before. When I saw what that meant to the students, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go do this. I was still working full time in Navy. But at a military golf course, I could do whatever I wanted, you know. So I knew these sailors and Marines would come up from Pendleton. The sailors would get off the ship. You know, and it was kind of, they'd get off the ship to back then we had these sign-in sheets. So the sailors would have to come and sign in their name and their rank. And you literally got to point out where to, where to where they needed to sign. You know, a lot of them were just so young and so, like, you know, shell-shocked about being in the military that, you know, and being on a ship for six months at a time. And, you know, Desert Storm and all that, that I knew these that these clinics would be awesome for them. And being at the military golf course, I didn't have a board of directors or any of that. I could just do it. So I started doing it for the military, too, which was a no-brainer. Because we started seeing a lot of these guys going to Desert Storm and coming back to, you know, train wrecks, you know. So I really upped it up. I started going down to Pendleton once a month. We were doing that for 16 years. In fact, I was back in California to meet my granddaughter. And we're still doing them. So I was able to see a lot of my old Marine friends. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, so we use adaptive golf as therapy. We do all the spectrums, not just the military, you know, all adaptive golf. And, you know, the, the running joke is, Chris, that we use golf as therapy, which is ironic because once you've learned golf, you got to go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and the PTSD, you know, with PTSD, I was able to, uh, down at Pendleton, when the guys were coming back from Pendleton, it was crazy because you could see, you know, that's where we got, I got a, you know, I told you the story about the Marine, you know, who, who told me that the next class, the class before was his first one. And he said, and he fell in love with golf and he's been to the golf course every day since. But that first class that day, he was going to eat a bullet in his words. 
He goes, oh, I'll go to this golf class. He went to the golf class, fell in love with golf. The next month, he's telling me, hey, man, he told me that story. I was going to eat a bolt that day, dude. Your class saved my life. You know, and, and everyone that's doing that is getting these kinds of stories. That's how impactful adaptive golf classes are. On that note, it doesn't just impact the student. It also impacts the volunteers, the people that are there. I don't know who gets more out of it, the people that are there as volunteers instructing or just hearing or the students themselves because it just it turns into such a good experience so i wanted to kind of push that on your listeners out there you know if they if they're if they're not feeling good you know coming off of covid and all that and they, they feel like something's missing man giving back is the way to go and since your listeners are probably all golfers an excellent way to do that is just be a volunteer at an adaptive golf program and you know how you'd want to find out about doing that would be to just go call the PGA. I mean, they're all invested in hope, and that's a whole different animal. you got to be instructed. But they'll know who's doing what in the town. Also, if there's a first tee program, you know, you could, they could get involved with that, and they do the training and all that. That's an easy way to get in there. You know, or they could call the USAGA, which is kind of the umbrella uh, organization, United States Adaptive Golf Association. We all belong to that. And, you know, and they have feelers out all over the United States. And uh, get involved, you know, it's, it's really, it's really, these events always turn out to be so joyous and fun, you know, I want to share that with your listeners. I always invite the community to all my stuff because, because of that, it's so fun that I'm not going to keep this all to myself. I'm going to bring everybody in. So that's a really good way, you know, I think that, and now that uh, the USGA did that tournament two years ago, they come up on the second one, it's really just exploding. People are seeing the power of it, hearing the stories every day about what it's doing, saving lives, you know, and, you know, and it's, it's, it's the thing you want to get involved with, you know, not only that, but uh, you show me someone who's not feeling, who's feeling a little low, maybe a little depressed, you know, I'll show you someone who's going to, if you go give back, man, you're going to feel a lot better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wanted to pitch that. For sure. For starters. Last October, you wrote an article, Tips from Your 28 Years of Adaptive Golf Experience. And one of the things you talk about in that article for other teachers to know and appreciate that the only time many of your students leave the hospital or their houses every week is to come to your class. And that's huge. Talk about the responsibility that goes along with that for an instructor to know that the only time some folks get out of the house or out of the hospital is to be there and to be a part of that class. Yeah, that's a huge thing to understand. I remember when the light bulb went off, you know, like we talked about Hartwell. You know, I was working full time at Navy, but I couldn't really, I'm, I'm teaching at Hartwell because, you know, it's a long story, but I'm working at both places. But I got to, I started this victim stroke class at Hartwell in 94 with the Long Beach BA. And the, and the lady that was in the worst shape her hands were stuck in an immobile position. She couldn't walk. She's in a wheelchair. She couldn't speak. And what I would do is I would put the club in her hand, and she had a gate belt on, which is a belt with handles in the back. And I'd go behind her and lift her up out of the wheelchair just enough that she could make one pass at the ball, you know, a little foot-long little swing, because she only got one pass, because after she made that pass, the club went flying out of her hands because her hands were stuck, you know? So we had one shot to do it. And I remember 
when she finally knocked it off the tee, you know, we repeat it till she finally did it. You know, I, I made her feel like that, that she's won the Masters. You know, the whole class erupted. It was just awesome when that moment happened every time. And, you know, after a few weeks and, you know, they were there, you know, that class was for three years. And after a while, I asked her caregiver. It was a lot of trouble. Back then, they really didn't have nice little elevator things and all that stuff for bands. And it was kind of a lot of trouble for the, for the lady. And uh, um, I asked her caregiver, I said, hey, why did she go through all this trouble to come to this class? She's like, oh, no, Joe. Oh, no, this is what's keeping her going. It's the only time she gets out of the house. It's the only time all these people get out of the house. There's 21 victims of stroke, 21 caregivers, and a bunch of staff. They were, they were all in pretty good shape, pretty bad shape. It's the only time she gets out of the house. And that's when I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I was pretty young back then. I get it now. You know, it's for the camaraderie, for the unity, for the the experience of being with others, you know. And it was the only time she was able to come out and do that. So that, like you're saying, like you can understand, I want to impart that on these guys is that, you know, these people, a lot of them, the only time they come out is to come to your class. So you really got to treat them and the event and everything with that kind of a respect. This is this guy's only time out of the house. He's here to see me and have a great time. Obviously, we're not going to make tour players out of him. But I'll tell you what, we're going to set the bar of success where they can reach it. And then when they reach it, I'm going to make them feel like they want a green jacket, you know. And, and it's just a glorious day, you know, all, all the way around when we're able to do that for someone. So, so going in, you know. You can do that. That's why a lot of the times, another thing is if your listeners don't golf at all, a lot of the people we would have come to the events were just basically cheerleaders. You don't have to even be able to golf to cheer someone on and throw the three C's at them, care, concern, and compassion, and the four C cheer, you know, make them feel great about all the stuff they do. That's, that doesn't take golf experience. And, you know, it's, it's just a no-brainer in my book, Chris. So let's take that a step further, because you also state in that article that occasionally some students just want to be there to be with the group. They don't want to necessarily hit balls or participate. They're there for a, a near golf experience. You still want to include them and make them feel part of the group as, as much as possible. Talk about those folks that just want to be there to bask in the camaraderie of it all. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that we get that a lot, especially with the Long Beach BA, you know, we get a lot of the guys come and just want to hang out and be with the fellas and be with the, the group. I mean, Tom, he was a survivor of Iwo Jima, and, which was brutal and bloody. And if you're young and haven't read up on it, I recommend it. But he, he survived Iwo Jima. And we, so he was a superstar with the Marines that we had. We had the five, fifth battalion, 14th Marines, the 514 were there that day to help. They helped a lot. They were, at, they were stationed out at, at the Steel Beach weapon station and he just wanted to be there. So what I did is I put three of the Marines with me and they spent the whole day listening to Tom telling stories. It was, the, and I, everyone was coming around and listening and it was just a, it was, a, and by the way, he, he, not only was he missing a leg, he was, had stage four cancer. It was just such an amazing day for, for Tom that day. And like, he was gone a couple months later, but you know, it was just the most amazing day. We always have lunch afterwards. Um, but all the time they'll get people that just want to be there. So you want to include them. If, if you do see people, they don't really want to hit, 
they just want to be there. You want to have a contingency plan for that always. You know, you want to give them just just as much care, concern, and compassion as if they're smacking ball. They're part of it too. You want to treat them as part of it, and you know, make it a great day for them too. Joe, you, you have so many great success stories from what the what you've heard and feedback from the people that you've witnessed. It has been life changing for them. What are some of those heartwarming stories that? you can share with our audience tonight about things that you've witnessed that have just made you smile from ear to ear and really feel the fulfillment for what you're doing and what you're able to help people do with their lives. Uh, the first one was we had a the first time we, we stood someone up was a long time ago. And it was a nurse who had been paralyzed for 30 years. And prior to that, she'd been a big time golfer. Peggy was her name. And, and I remember, you know, it was the first, I didn't think anything of it, but when she got up, she just burst into tears. It was such a, a joyous moment for her. That's when I realized the importance of that particular moment. We have all kinds of those moments. Um, you know, the guys down at Pendleton, when I see what golf's done for them, I did a scholarship down there because they had the, the Pacific post-career college, golf college right next to it, right next to Pendleton for a while. So I get these guys who didn't know what they were going to do once they got out there. They've been shot at. They're all PTSD out. We get them to fall in love with golf. They want to be golf pros. And so they were, I was sending them right to the, the golf college right there. And I had a scholarship. I said, if you guys get through the first semester and uh, with pass, passing grades, I give you a $500 scholarship. You know, I figured it's a no and like all seven of the guys that did, it got it. So that was kind of nice, you know, doing wow. that for them. And they moved on to golf careers. And I'm just glad I was able to facilitate that because none of them went in even having golf. So that was kind of cool. Um, you know, I got, there's so many great stories that the amputee coalition thing we do, we're doing one in Orlando. I mean, the, when we, we have this little thing now where we're going like, I'm going to the Amputee Coalition Convention. We're setting up a net simulator. We got a little putting area. And then we have snag golf, of course. And again, it's just having a blast doing all this stuff, right? So it's just a party over there. And all these people that haven't even ever golfed before, you know, serious amputations. Um, I got to tell you, there was a, at my first one, there was a lot of people got to be careful when they're backing out. I'm just going to go, go a little sideways on there. A lot of the guys there were double amputees that were victims of crush, of a, of a crush when a car bumper crushed into them, into their car. So just be careful when you're in those parking lots, people. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, for them to experience that was just next level. It was so cool, you know. Uh, no matter what their situation, you know, a lot of people with no legs, you know, just one arm or you know and we're able to golf and have a blast and it's just beautiful that we're able to use golf to cover and cross all spectrums of abilities and all spectrums of situations you know right now uh i'm down in florida i just uh I'm the lead instructor at l center for autism right now so that's another thing i'm doing down here and to be able to use golf to try to help the autistic kids is uh an incredible thing. I'm telling you, this this game, this experience just crosses all the borders. You know? it really does. 
So I'm happy to do it. You know, I'm just a guy who likes to have a good time, you know, with these clinics and put people's smiles on faces. That's all I do. Oh, Joe, just, bad joke. <laughs> just a couple more before I let you go and, and to take it at one step further, when, when you put on your clinics and you show people what's possible and that they can participate in the game for those that uh, want to continue to learn, they want to continue to get out there and play post a, a clinic or that sort of thing. How do they get the equipment and continue to take lessons so that they can continue to go out there and, and play a game that now they're, they're relearning or, or learning for the first time, falling in love with and have the camaraderie with their friends out on the golf course. In the adaptive golf world, you want to just go to USAGA, USAGA.org. And they're the clearinghouse. They have the con, you know, no matter what state you're in, they're going to have the information on who's doing what in that state. They're the umbrella. I'm with them. Um, everyone that's, in, everyone who's been in the game a long time is with the USAGA. Now they're our friends too. Our friends are, are running out sort of the umbrella. So USAGA.org. Another thing you could do is go to your TGA section and, uh, and see who's, if anyone's doing adaptive, you want to say adaptive golf programming because the PGA is all about PGA hope. You have to be a PGA pro. You got to be PGA hope certified. So they're very, they, they, you can't, there's no real volunteer opportunities in that. However, the section will know people who are doing other stuff. Also, first tees nationwide. Um, I know South Florida, the one I'm working with here, I do three vet clinics a week at Dyer Park. These guys are absolute rock stars. This is the best probably first tee in the United States. I was a pro at the one in South Los Angeles or uh, it merged with LA County or the Los Angeles one, but this one's very good. First tee's another clearinghouse you can go check out to get some volunteer opportunities. Um, as far as your listeners are concerned, the adaptive golfers, if you're an adaptive golfer and know someone wants to get into it, yeah, just go to USAGA.org. Jonathan Snyder will get in touch with you and, and he's a buddy of mine and, and we can, we'll find something for you for sure. And then, uh, what was the other one? There's one more out there. Well, anyway. You can Google it too, right? Right. Gary has all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> One more, Joe. And I, I like I mentioned it. in your intro, you've known Tiger Woods since he was a teenager. He lives in South Florida now. You've been by Tiger's house yet? <laughs> well, someone keeps ringing his doorbell, but when he gets there, they're gone. <laughs> but no, I tell you, I've been by his house. I know where his house is. It's very, he's only four miles away from me, but literally only one street light. So we're in a, I'm in a nice little area. Um, right now, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm working with uh, Fort Pierce, you know, some of the boys. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Here's the deal with Tiger, right? You know, you saw the HBO documentary, right? That was nine hours, of, nine hours of awesome Tiger stories for five minutes of you know what. So it was all honest, but whatever. Um, so in the meantime, right now, he's very close. Like I was at a golf course that him and his kid were at. Uh, him and Charlie were at uh, the day before the tournament. By the way, Charlie won. I don't know if it got national news, but he won this, this recent golf tournament by six shots here in South Florida. And I got to tell you, these South Florida kids, these Texas kids, these other Cal kids are phenomenal. So to win by six shots is very interesting, you know. He's 13. That's the age I met Tiger. I know Tiger had five junior worlds at 13, but still, you know, I don't even know if Charlie's played in one yet, but 
to win by six shots in, in, in the crowd he's in is, is, is phenomenal. So it's going to be interesting to see what Charlie could do. Um, but yeah, I haven't contacted Tiger. Here's, with Tiger, my thing is if I can, you know, this adaptive golf is growing. We still have all our California stuff. We still go around. We still did the uh, Pearl Harbor thing. We still did the Masters thing. So as this grows, you know, we're, you know the San Antonio Holmes thing. So as it grows, if, if, if it's worth Tiger's while to, like, give me an attaboy or I know that guy or join us, you know, then I'll, I'll approach the team. But till we get there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that. I figure he owes me a solid. I'm saving it for when, you know, it'll be a win-win. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> Joe, how can our listeners stay up to date with all the great things that you're doing and follow you, whether it, it's online or it's on social media? Well, you know, I'm on JoeGromanGolfFoundation.org is my foundation website, JoeGromanGolfFoundation.org. HowToGolf.com is my book. Forward by Earl Woods, nice picture of me and Tiger and the US Amateur Trophy on the cover. Um, Facebook, Joe Groman Golf Foundation on Facebook, Joe Groman on Facebook, and Joe the Pro on Facebook. And those, the Instagram thing goes off of Facebook. I'm old. I played a senior chief, so I only, I only really use Facebook. You know? <laughs> Joe, you're awesome. My you friend. Noticed, I can't thank yeah. you enough. All right, Chris. Always, always a pleasure to talk to you, friend. Great catching up with you. I look forward to catching up with you again, hopefully a little bit later on this year and again at the PGA Merchandise Show in January. You're awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, like I say, I hope we get the privilege of catching up with you again soon. All right. Thanks, Chris. Look forward to it, too. See you, Joe. That is Joe Groman and a guy that is just out there doing so many great things for our military personnel veterans and really anybody through the adaptive programs the things that he is doing and the and the joy that he is bringing to the those lives and the people that have suffered whether it's a catastrophic injury or PTSD cannot be measured but you want to talk about a guy who loves what he's doing excited to do it every day and looking like he said to bring us all along through that that's outstanding he's a wonderful individual and just as humble as he can be and a joy to be around and like I say, hopefully we get the, the privilege of having him back on the show again a little bit later this year. And I get the privilege of catching up with him uh, next year at the PGA Merchandise Show as well. 